Good morning. I am thankful for your pastor's willingness to allow me this time to share with you today. And I thank you for those of you that have already acknowledged that I am no longer a stranger here, as I've been here before. That is wonderful to know. I am grateful that my lovely wife has joined me today as well. And I'm given a particular assignment today from the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. And as you can, or it was listed earlier, the subject matter today is your no accident. Your no accident. That's important for us to really reflect on today. Your no accident. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4, 5, and 6. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself, according to his favor and will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he favored us within the beloved. Today I want to talk specifically about God chose us. It's not an accident. It's not coincidental. It's intentional. It has purpose. Therefore, you have purpose. I've, I've heard folk, especially in the line of work that I'm in, running a homeless shelter, running a drug rehab program, struggle with their existence, the, the very being of their existence. Why am I here? My childhood was this. My early upbringing was this. My parents were or were not this. Uh, life dealt me a bad hand. Why am I still here? Do I even want to still be here? Some people have used this as an excuse for not accepting more responsibility in life. Claiming that they are an accident that came into the world by mistake and aren't even supposed to be here. Perhaps it was a traumatic experience that happened along journey of life. Perhaps it was some people who were once in your life and then were removed unexpectedly. And now you've just seemed to find it difficult to really, really understand where you are and where you're going. Maybe you were downsized. Maybe you had a particular career in mind and it wasn't working out. There are a myriad of reasons that cross us in the journey of life that may question or may have blinded us to the simple fact that we are purposeful to God. He loves us with an undying love that looks out on the horizon of six billion people on the world and he knows specifically you. And I don't know how many people you know in this world of six billion people. It's not a lot in comparison. But God knows everyone, including you. And despite where you are with him today, God says you are no accident. Your life is not an accident. 
Your life is not a mistake. And, and maybe, maybe you don't grapple with that. Maybe you grapple with the last 10 years or 20 or 30. Maybe there's a particular period of time where you found yourself in a place that felt purposeful. That seemed to have all cylinders clicking. And life at that particular time has its, its mark on your memory that says, then life was good. Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you that even the tragedies of life are no accident. Even the periods of being in the valley experiences of life are no accident. As, 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 as difficult and as oftentimes uh, painful and tragic as they may have been, they have purpose. Because you have purpose. They're inside of this process that God says you have been chosen and only you can fulfill the path laid out for you called your life. And it has meaning. So when we look at this, it's important to take this term and go a little deeper. The Bible teaches that long before you and I were ever conceived in our mother's womb, God already knew us and was calling us to be his children with a special purpose to fulfill in this world. Do you believe that? I can't hear you. Do you believe that? Okay, I I heard this side. Do you believe that? Then the next step is, naturally, what is that purpose? How do I define that purpose. Purpose came for me as I realized how significant I was to God. It didn't happen overnight, but as I searched for God and for meaning, it would be revealed to me. As I spent time with God praying, being mindful of who he is, learning more of who he is, as well as who he wanted me to become, the man of character that he desired me to be, he would ultimately start unveiling to me bits and pieces of what it was that he was calling me to that was purpose for my life. Now, I'll be the first to admit, and since my wife is here, uh, she can co-sign for this, I didn't want to know what I was learning. I didn't grow up figuring out at age three, four, or five, like some who have been called to the pastorate, that this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I was in my young adult years, When the first inkling came to mind, even though my mother was speaking in the back of my ear, even though my uncle, my mother's oldest brother, pastored the church I grew up in, who was actually friends with Dr. Jerry Kirk. Back in the 70s, they both helped bring uh, Jimmy, not Jimmy, Lord, Billy Graham here in the early 70s. This was not on my radar. And then even as it would become revealed to me more and more, then I had to decide, Um, And my first decision was, no, Mm -mm, not me. You've got to be kidding. I I must be misreading the mail. Something else must be designed for my life. This can't be it. You can't possibly be calling me. Who wants to follow me? Furthermore, when I look in the mirror and see me and know that there are many me's right out there, why do I want to pastor people who have been dysfunctional like I have underneath other pastors? just didn't make sense to me. No, that's not a profession I want. But as I would continue to seek God, he would continue to reveal to me that not only was this purpose, but there's 
power and prosperity connected to this purpose if I'll just simply be willing to obey and trust him at his word. And it was the only place I was going to find peace in what he had purposed for my life. I had to accept and acknowledge that I had been chosen. I had been chosen intentionally with purpose and the purpose for which I'm chosen, nobody else can do for me. Nobody else can do like me. It's uniquely my calling. And he says, each and every one of us have one. David declares that God's eyes were fixed on us, not only when we were in the earliest stages being formed in our mother's womb, but even before we were conceived. David said, my bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them ever began. He said, when I was fastening, fastening your, your toes and your fingers, your limbs, your arms, your legs, your, your eyebrows, your, your hair, for those of you that still have it, I knew you and I had a plan and a purpose for you. And he says, it will succeed. And we have to come to a place where we're, we are willing to acknowledge no matter what stage of life we're in. Because sometimes there's transition. Sometimes the calling changes some. Or maybe it's geographical location changes. Or maybe the group of people will change. But yet we're still called. There is no season of life where we get to stop and rest of seeking and reflecting what God desires of our lives. You didn't get saved to be seated in a pew. Let me say that one more time. You didn't get saved to be seated in a pew. Amen. Our salvation so that we could go into Jerusalem, Judea, and the outermost Samaria, and the outermost parts of the world, and reach those who have not yet experienced the joy that we know, that we get to come in here and fellowship together as brethren, knowing we have a risen Savior who loved us so much that he set aside his own life for us that we could have eternal life. And then passing that on allows us to share and show purpose to someone else. See, there's somebody, there's someone, at least someone connected to your purpose. And it's time that we line up and fulfill our roles because there's somebody waiting on us who's going to cross our path who needs us to be in the right place in the right moment, fulfilling what we've been purposed to do to assist them on their journey. So let's look at this word chosen. Let's, let's, let's break this down a little bit further. It's a compound word. Uh, in the Greek, it's eklego. Ek meaning out and lego meaning I say. Together, it's out I say. Also defined as or can mean call out, to select, to elect, or to personally choose. In classical Greek, in the classical Greek writings, the word chosen referred to a person or group of people who were selected for a specific purpose. And here are a couple examples. One, it was used for selection of men for military service. This weekend, Independence Day commemorates a lot of lives that were put in arms way for the benefit of peace for all. 
freedom for all. Even going into the military, myself, six years in the United States Air Force, as, as, as difficult as it was, I, I had to learn and, and grasp that there was, in this time frame, this season of my life, more than the paycheck that I would get every two weeks on the 15th and 30th of the month, that I was in an army. I was in a collective body of folk who counted on me to fulfill my role in order for this vehicle, this ministry to continue to move forward. The second one is used to denote a soldier who was chosen out of the entire military to go on a special mission or to do a special task. And then thirdly, it's for public service, for politicians who were elected by the general public to hold a public position or to execute a special job on behalf of the community. These representations signify significance to your calling, to you as an individual called by God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, and all matter chose you. You are no accident. And so here, we've come collectively today, and you have this place in this fellowship of worship where you can rub elbows with like-minded believers, and as iron sharpens iron, you can learn from one another, what role do I play in God's purpose that has an actual individual purpose for me to plug into? You may not know it yet. It may be a season of change and you may be asking God again all over again. What's my meaning and my purpose and my place where I am? But I guarantee you, if you're sincere, if you're committed, if you're unwavering, God will reveal it to you. Because he wants you to know. He's not trying to hide it from you. He's not playing go and seek. So here we have this term. It conveys the idea of great privilege and honor of being chosen. It also strongly speaks of the responsibility placed on those who are chosen. The responsibility is to walk, act, and live in a way that is honorable to the calling. And so I had to wake up one day, and my wife would tell you this was a journey. I went through many phases before finally getting to the place of accepting I'm called to preach and pastor and to live the example of the good news of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior from the position of one day leading a congregation, shepherding his sheep for this very cause, this very great mission for humanity. And as I have, there's a peace that has come upon me about what is unfolding. But I first had to make up in my mind and in my heart that what God had for me was better than any plan I could try to create on my own. Doing what I thought best for me. Or what felt good or what I liked the most. And I believe that same transition, transformation power of God, God's enlightening to each and every one of us is available and all he's asking us to do is to open our hearts. And it's difficult to do when you've not yet accepted how awesome you are. 
It's difficult to do when you're, you're, you're muddied in the weight of past experiences or what somebody else has labeled you to be. But you are chosen by God and you are no accident. Makes no difference whether you were adopted in foster care, whether you know your parents or you don't. Whether you're black, white, red, brown, green or otherwise. Makes no difference to God. He knew it before you knew it. As I draw this to a close, because of the great privilege of being elected to a higher position or selected to perform a special task, those who are chosen bear a responsibility to walk and act in accordance with that calling that has been extended to them. They should look upon themselves as honored, esteemed, and respected special representatives, ambassadors who are elected by God. And when we do that, when we, when we grapple with that and, and when we allow ourselves to be loved by God, wrapped and cradled in his arms, willing to obey what he desires for our lives, then it becomes easier to come into here And to rub elbows with people who may not look like you, may not think like you, may not have grown up like you've grown up, may not have the values you have. And it makes it easier to come in here. And as David said in Psalm 103, to praise ye the Lord. He said, praise ye the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Has God not been good to each and every one of us? Has God not been good to each and every one of us? He has been a God that has esteemed his blessings upon us, has he not? And he's simply asking us to praise him. He says, who forgives all of our sins, heals all our diseases, who redeems our lives from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion. Amen. We're going to partake in communion this morning because somebody loved us enough to lay down their lives for us. Even knowing we would be sinners who would stumble, miss the mark. He says, I love you. I chose you. You have purpose. You are no accident. Let us bow. Heavenly Father, we first thank you for being the gracious God that you are merciful and mighty in all your ways. I thank you that you've loved us enough to come and speak to us directly. God, I pray that every heart is open to your tugging of whatever it is you desire of them. I pray that they know without a shadow of a doubt that they are chosen by you with purpose and meaning for their lives and that you want them to know exactly what it is. And God, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice who have not yet received you, I pray that their hearts would be open to acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. To know that you gave your only beloved Son for us. That who should believe upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to make that confession in your heart, you can consider yourself today saved, set apart from a dying world, on your way to heaven to sit with Jesus. And if you're sitting here and you've been questioning your purpose, you've been questioning your calling, you've been questioning what's the significance of your existence here 
Jesus is the answer. Oh, Lord God, speak to that heart. Give them the courage and the passion to keep pressing forward until you reveal to them in the appointed time so that they can run the race for what it is that you desire of their lives. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Drew being away at this time. Continue to bless him with leadership for this, your sheep. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. God bless you.